Um, I'm still, for those of you that know me, uh, I'm Preston. I am not the pastor here. We, I'm a retired pastor. Um, uh, I do preaching and some other stuff. Actually, I did a wedding yesterday. It would have been my cousin's daughter. I don't know what that is to me. Is it a niece twice removed or what? Second cousin. Okay. And we did it outside, and uh, that, that was amazing, too, that we got through that. But when I started praying, her veil wrapped around my head. <laughs> and it stayed there the whole time. And my prayers can be kind of lengthy at times. Um, and I take a wedding very seriously because uh, we've uh, diminished the meaning of it in so many ways in our world. But I had this thing wrapped around my head. And, uh, it's a beautiful veil, but it's kind of funny being wrapped around my head the whole time. But I heard this snickering in the audience, you know, a few hundred people. And, and it, I thought to myself, now none of you people should be seeing that. We're praying. We're praying so that no, nobody should be seeing it. But we got done, and uh, it took me quite a while to get it unwrapped. It was fun and funny. But uh, and there's, like you said a little while ago in announcements, let's have a good time in the Lord. But you know, even for me to dress casual to be up here is so new. But I know it's not what's on the outside of me that's important, or you. It's what's on the inside. As a matter of fact, it's what you believe. That's who you are. That's it, your heart. You know, God changes our heart through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's who you are. And it's so hard for me being a pastor of old to, to going around speaking because, uh, you know, some churches still want me to be in a suit and others don't care. I'm sure you would if I was up here and my swimsuit or something. I mean, that's not appropriate, obviously, but it's just in the world we live in today, I'm having to really look at the people and not just how they dress and how many things go on. And yesterday at the wedding, uh, the photographer and the videotape person, they were doing a really good job and both, both ladies and I'm going to start off with something here pretty serious, uh, I think. And I said, oh, are you guys together? Meaning, are you guys a couple in, you know, doing? And she goes, oh, yeah, we're married. Now, I know for some of you that are younger, this is just being rammed down your throat, but I guarantee you they're not married. You know, God put forth this you know, there's Christ and there's His church. And He said, as Christ loves the church, so the church submits to Christ. And not to use it, but the same, you know, that's a heavenly metaphor of what happens here on earth. And there's, it's only a true marriage before the creator of the universe is only between a man and a woman. And you say, well, you're 62 years old, you're just being old-fashioned. 
young people here, I'm not just being old-fashioned. I'm speaking the truth of life into your hearts. Which brings me to the topic of my message, which is speak life. And I worked with Roger, which is the pastor here, in which I choose to come here and worship because this young man, and I call him a young man, it's so encouraging to me to hear him speaking the truth of God's Word. I just learned this week how to get on Facebook. I haven't been on it, but I wanted to sell something, and I got on Marketplace and I sold it, and in that, all of a sudden, I get this, I I don't even know how to use it, so if you're contacting me on it and you're my friend, please, just give me a call if it's important, because I have no idea what I'm doing, but I will say this, Roger's on there, the pastor of this church, and it, I don't know how I get to it. It just flops up on my screen. But he put so much good stuff on there. And see, I don't know how to do none of that. So to me, it's like, wow, this, this Facebook thing can be used for good. But guess what? Other things pop up that I didn't ask for that aren't so good. So when we talk about Speak Life, I went back a few years to when both my daughters were young and as a parent, I'll be honest with you, there was nothing more important to me than my daughters coming to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Because we never know when we're we're not going to be here no more. A close friend of mine, his dad just passed away this morning. Some of you we pray for, and I know the, the elders pray here, and they know who I'm talking about. We have parents that are ill and some that aren't doing it so good, and other friends we pray for. So in saying that, I got to thinking about, oh, I don't know, the times when me and the girls were trying to make it through uh, teenage years. Your parents remember that? And those of you that are teenagers, I, I mean, it's a tough time for us parents, I swear. We love you, and... I had one daughter that she'd be grounded and then, oh my gosh, she'd get ungrounded and in two weeks she'd be grounded again. And let me tell you, me and mom wanted some time alone, so kids, be good for at least a couple weeks. I I don't know if anybody grounds anybody anymore, but that's the way we did it. Uh, I suppose there's other ways to handle it today, but the good things I remember so many, actually it was probably the best time in my life with my two girls, and uh, we did a lot of things with the youth. I think I was a youth pastor here for a few years during that time, but I remember a song came to mind, and some of you, maybe none of you will remember this group, but they're DC Talk. Anybody remember DC Talk? If you don't, no big deal, because they're a Christian rap group, and they were out of Liberty University, which is where I took some of my college, so I liked them. And they had this song called Heaven Bound. And I loved that song. Has anyone heard it? Any? Oh, great. I'm right on track here then. Uh, nobody. It, it, it was a rap song uh, coming in years ago. And in that, I fell in love kind of with a singer, 
Toby Mack. Any of you know Toby Mack? Somebody surely knows Toby Mack. And if you don't, that's okay too. I, you know, I, I listen to all kinds of music. Love the hymns too. So, But he sings a song that uh, really inspired the title of my message today called Speak Life. And he says, some days, this is the lyrics, and I'd sing it for you, but then you would all leave. Some days, life feels perfect, and it does as parents and, and, and just people. Some days, really think about it. You wake up, you ever wake up on a morning? I love after it rains, not a storm necessarily, but after it rains, you go out on the back porch and, or wherever, and I take my dog for a walk, and that can be a pleasurable experience or not sometimes, but I take him for a walk, and I just look around at the trees and, I think, Lord, your creation is so beautiful. But can you imagine how much greater it's going to be in heaven? And that's why I take this, what we do here, every, everything about a church that raises Christ up, we take it serious because, you know what, we need to continually speak life into people's lives. And the lyrics here say, some days life feels perfect, and it does. Others... It just ain't working. Remember, this is kind of a rap thing. I'm not going to do it. Some days, it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, everything in between. Isn't that true? And then he goes and he says, Though it's crazy, amazing, we can turn a heart through the words we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Hope can live or die. We speak life, speak life. Into the deadest, darkest night, speak life, speak life. When the sun won't shine and you don't know why, look into the eyes of the brokenhearted. Watch them come alive as soon as you speak hope, you speak love, and you speak life. There's a whole bunch more to the song but you get the gist of it. It says, speak hope into people's lives. Speak love into people's lives. And speak life. First of all, what kind of hope? You know, I know all of you were inundated by stuff on TV, and now that I'm retired, I have a little bit more time to watch it. So I watch a lot of old gun smoke reruns. Just kind of kidding, kind of. But... We watched something that I don't know if I really like it or not. It's not bad, but it's called uh, Mass Singer. Some of you probably seen it. And if you haven't, don't go and watch it just because I mentioned it. Uh, but, uh, you know, different people sing, and some of them are worse singers than me. I don't know if it's the mask or what. But uh, I kind of get tired of how. Every single person that comes out and sings the judge panel, and I don't know who any of them are, they're crying. And they're, oh my gosh, they were the best thing in the world. The reason why I bring that up is that's not the kind of hope I'm talking about here. I consider that kind of a fake, false hope of everybody's wonderful everybody's good, and don't get me wrong, there are good people, 
But as we define that in the Bible, none are good. None are good. Not me, not anyone. And I just get kind of tired of the false hope the world's trying to bring to us and to our children and to our grandchildren. The hope I'm speaking about is a hope that's founded in the finished work of Christ that can lead to a right type of love. Hear me say, a right type of love and can lead to speaking absolute resurrected life in people's lives. In Ephesians, starts out Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, and I'm sorry I didn't get the verses. I don't know if Josh, he, he didn't have time. I didn't get it to him on time. So just listen. I know even me, I usually just don't even bring my Bible no more. I, I read what uh, Roger puts behind me. But here's my point out of Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. As for you, Paul's talking here to the church of Ephesians. You were dead in your transgressions and sins. Notice he says you were. So the point I want to make is the world outside of the body of Christ, which we once were, they are literally dead men and women walking. That's what the Bible says. They are dead in their transgressions and sins. They're not, they're not bad people in the way they do things. They're literally, there's a difference. They're dead in their transgression, transgressions and sins. This is much more serious than what even some churches want to make it out to be today. Without Christ, you are dead in your transgression, transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. Notice, when you followed the ways of this world, that's, that's before we came to Christ, you were dead. And the people in this world are doing that. And the rulers of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, Notice our battles much more. See, we're battling for the life of people. We're battling for the hearts of people today as Christians. And I'm going to get to the part, how do we speak life into their lives? What I'm trying to say here is it's more than a worldly hope. It's more than a worldly love that defines it in. You just have an emotional feeling for one another. Or you always speak kind to one another. We should always obviously speak the truth kind to each other. But there's things we have to say to the world that they're not going to like. All of us that are Christians, there was a time when you heard the message of the gospel and you reacted completely different to it. You're like, oh, the Spirit of God opened your heart up to the fact that, wow, I'm, I'm dead in my sins I need to be saved from this deadness. And who can do that? And you turn to Christ. goes on and he says, Paul in verse 3 says, All of us also lived among them at one time. Notice here, gratifying the cravings of our flesh 
and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Rogers talked about it for the last, I think, five weeks. Talked about the wrath of God. That's what we deserve and why we celebrate today as Christians is we're we're never going to receive that ultimate wrath because of what Jesus did. And there's a lot of people out there that are going to receive this wrath in the end days. And I don't know about you, but no matter what, that is not what I want. Actually, God says that's not what He wants. But He's given us enough free will that we need to choose Him. So how do we speak life? We tell people these kinds of things. Yes, with compassion and with charity. But we tell them, hey, you're dead in your sins. And you don't want to probably start out the conversation that way. But if you're praying for unbelieving friends and and neighbors that you know aren't believers, you ask God for help, He'll give you the words to say. So we're deserving wrath, but in verse 4 He says, but because of His great love for us, God. That's how we speak life into people's lives is we tell them about God's great love for us. I always talk about the fact that I don't know what any of you have been through. I don't know what any unbeliever's been through. My life as a child was pretty good. Um, I had loving family that supported me. But over the years, I've talked to people that don't want to believe in a God. Usually they're mad at God. And I look into their lives, and it's because they were abused. They were, I don't know how to politely put this, but they were, and all of you hear it, so I might as well say it, they were sexually abused as a child by someone they loved and trusted. I just, I can't imagine that because I never had that in my life. I had other people, but. And others had other issues where no one loved them. And they turned to drugs and alcohol, or whatever kind of thing that, that, that obviously can destroy us. And all those things are death. See, sin leads us to death. So I talked to these people and. I usually found out they were mad at God, and I said, I, gosh, if I had your life, I, I could see where you're at in that, but I need to let you know that God loves you, and if your life, you can't really see where God loves you, you speak just a little bit of the gospel into their lives and tell them that God demonstrated his love for you. While you were yet a sinner, he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for you and your sins. I've had to be reminded of that through different things in my life. Even as a Christian, I'm like, God, why why did you allow this to happen? And sorry, I'm not saying that's the right attitude. I'm saying that's where I went at times. After Angie died, I, I read the book of Job over and over to remind me 
how someone that loves the Lord should react in a situation where you feel like you've lost it all. And I always went back to the cross. You know, on the cross, you can see a lot of theological things happening on the cross. But the one I see the most is God loves us. That, you, if you think about it, it's the creator of the universe. And I know the Trinity, I, I don't know that we can this side of heaven fully understand it. But I'm telling you what Christians teach. Good Christian theology teaches the fact, and you've seen it the last few weeks and on Easter Sunday, God entered into this world through Jesus Christ, and he willingly went to the cross and died for us. The God, the creator of the universe, did that for us. So young people, I don't know, later on in life, you know, I can't. If you have good parents, you're probably going along life and it's pretty good. I mean, you're more worried about whether you get your phone or you get it taken away or I don't know what young people. I, I, I got to admit I'm out of touch, obviously, because nobody knows who DC Talk is or nobody knows whatever. <laughs> kind of out of touch in that stuff. But I can tell you this much. It's going to be a time where life's going to get hard. It just does. And don't. Run to God during those times. Speak life to yourself and speak life to others that are having tough times. But it's got to be the right kind of life. Not, not life that, that the world gives where it's, it's hollow and shallow. A life that points towards a resurrected Savior, which we, we all, all of you, all Christians, I, don't, I know why we... We celebrate Christmas, I think mainly because when I was a kid, I really liked getting presents, even though we say it's blessed to you know, give than receive. When, when you're a kid, come on. You're like, yeah, where's my present, you know? So we celebrate Christmas, and I know what Christmas is all about, but for a Christian, there's no grander time than celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior because God the Father put his stamp of approval on God the Son and said, this is him. This is the Messiah. This is the one you've been waiting for. This is the one that took all my wrath upon himself. So, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, praise God, made us alive with Christ. Made me and you alive with Christ. That's the speak life even in this song, if you went through all the lyrics, some of it's a little hard to understand because I'm not a, a rapper kind of guy, but he, he just keeps saying, speak hope, speak love, and speak life. And the life he's talking about is this kind of life. Belief in a Savior that makes us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our sins, he made us alive. It is by grace you've been saved and God raised us up. Listen to this. We as Christians just had, like I said, a friend of mine, his, his father passed away this morning and he was a Christian. And the moment he died, you know the scripture says he was escorted into the presence of our Heavenly Father. That's, what I'm That's the kind of life I'm talking about. Not the kind of life that just tells people what they want to hear all the time. The kind of life that tells them, hey, I love you.
But you're, you're, somehow we need to tell this world, and, and I know most don't want to listen right now, but there may be a time when they are, and I know some, all of us know somebody that's kind of listening. And you need to speak life and tell them, hey, Christ is raised from the dead, and then God promises us that we will be raised up with Christ and seated with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what Ephesians says. And it says there's a reason for it. In verse 7, in order that the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Jesus Christ. Let me translate. The Word of God saying here, through eternity, we're going to be able to look at Jesus Christ and see how merciful and gracious, you got to remember, a 100% holy God is. Even the angels look upon what God the Father did to God the Son through the power of God the Holy Spirit, and they are in awe of how forgiving God is. You know they didn't get a second chance, right? He has two created beings. God created two created beings, angels and us. And when the angels decided, hey, I think I'm going to go along with this Satan guy over here and we're going to worship him too, God said, yeah. Out of my presence, get out of here. No, you're not. That's what we call these little demons. There is such things. There is a real Satan. There is a real demon. And they chose not to follow the true God. They didn't get another chance. As long as we're breathing breath, we always have another chance. Your friends have another chance. Young people hear that because I don't know if you're believers today... There may be a time in your life when you're, 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 you're by yourself and, and perhaps... See, this is the death culture we live in. Perhaps you're thinking about uh, killing yourself. Because that's better. You've tried everything, but you think, I, just, I think it'd be better if I just wasn't here. We even have shows about it today. That's the death culture we live in. If you ever come to that point, remember right now, no, that's not what God wants for you. It's not what God wants for you. He wants life and He wants it abundantly. Just come to Him. And you say, well, I'm not clean enough. I'm not good enough. I've done this. I've done that. Goodness grief, all of us. If I had every single person I know come up here and give you their testimony, all of us have what what do we call skeletons in our closet, but that's probably a bad way to put it. Let's just put it the way it should. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Some of us obviously have done other things. You know, when we speak out about this, uh, against the culture of death, we speak out against, and I'm not trying to be controversial here, but I know Roger agrees with me, so I have no problem going here. He put two little babies side by side. Did you see that on Facebook? I don't know. I think it was from him. It has his name up at the top. And he, had, and he says, this is why I'm pro-life. Two newborn babies. 
and they're holding hands and they're about that big. See, the, the, cult, the world we live in speaks death. If it's, if it's not convenient, kill it. Murder it. And we want to speak life and say, no, no matter what the circumstance, this is still a baby that God is, he, he, he's just making this baby from the moment of conception and it's right there. And I say that to say this, obviously I'm pro-life, but also try to be as compassionate as I can sound and say, you do know, even if that's true in your life, God still wants you to run to Him. If you've had things in the past, say, you know, used to people didn't abort their babies, they put them up for adoption, which is way better. It isn't death. And you may have regretted that your whole life. Quit, run to God, and know that God's a forgiving God. We've all sinned. Remember, He doesn't just want you to be saved. He wants you to glory in, the, in just the awesomeness of how you've been forgiven of those sins. And He wants you to move on and speak life into other people's lives. Some of us have sinned in ways that after we, we come through that and come to Christ, we're, we're the only ones that can speak to other people and they can understand where we're coming from and reach them with the Word of God and speak life into their hearts and into their souls. Lives that lead to eternal life. <clears throat> yeah, no, that was my introduction. <laughs> I, I have a problem when I, I, if I prepare too much, it, it just, being retired, sometimes I do. I'm, I am going to finish in time, I think. Uh, I won't be too long. Sorry, Lord, I don't mean to do that. But, you know, talking about the resurrection in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and speaking life into people's hearts. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection from the dead? You have to remember that this is Paul speaking to the church of Corinth the book of Acts is already, the church is already on board. You know, people are still saying in the churches there is no resurrection from the dead. If there is no resurrection of the dead, he's going to tell us here in a moment that Christianity is nothing. So we have the truth of the resurrection. That's exactly what he says in verse 13. He says, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is our faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith and my faith is futile. We are still in our sins. Do you see how important this doctrinal truth is? 
We're still in our sins if Christ hadn't been raised. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life, if only... Now, listen to this one. This is good. This, this tweaks my heart. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. If only for this life we have hope. See, that's why I don't like prosperity preachers very much. Is because they just want to give you stuff that's going to make you prosperous or make you more happy here. This, this truth... This theology about Christ, see, it, it's, it goes way beyond this world. Way beyond. I don't know about you, but if I, I'll be, I'm just going to be really honest with you. If there is no resurrection, I wouldn't be a Christian. Because if there isn't a resurrection, which doesn't give me hope beyond this life, then the Bible even says, hey, just do what you want to do. Live it up. And that's what the world's telling us. And that's what our heart tells us at times. But we have to speak life into our own lives and other people's lives and say, guess what? There is a resurrection. There's a life beyond this life. And you're going to go to one of two places. Not everybody. Being in a small town, I've done... Hundreds of funerals. What I mean by that is I've, I've officiated them. And no matter what the person was like, everybody thinks they're going to heaven. And you would say, well, that's better than people that have no hope, don't think anybody's going to heaven. They just, I don't know, folks. It's both bad. We have a blessed hope and it's founded on fact. It's founded on fact that Jesus Christ was resurrected. He goes on here and he says, But Christ was indeed raised from the dead, the first fruits, listen, because this applies to us, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. That's the way the Bible terms died. For since death came through a man, who was that? Adam, since death came through Adam, the resurrection of the dead comes through Christ. We will be resurrected. And you say, I'm not even going to preach the rest of my sermon because what I did in the rest of my sermon, I'm just going to tell you, is I give you all kinds of proofs, apologetic proofs, that the resurrection actually happened. And friends, it's not hard to find that. If you're willing to open your eyes and open your hearts. Not only does the Bible tell it, but a whole lot of people that weren't Christians say that, you know, they looked into the facts around the resurrection. And let me tell you something. Twelve men went from fearful people. I don't like calling them cowards because, man, the disciples were, were tough men. But when they saw them take away their, their Messiah... And it wasn't working out how they thought. They, they ran away from Christ. Even Peter, the, the mouthpiece of the twelve. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but he was always talking. He, he, he even, I don't know him. I don't know him. How, you, you want to tell me, how can these twelve men that fled 
absolutely have their lives change and each one of them except for the Apostle John was martyred, that means killed, for their faith in Jesus Christ. I'll tell you how. Because later on they saw Jesus walking around and He spoke to them. He really spoke to them. That's how people's lives get changed. I'm telling you, here's 12 men and there were a lot of others. talks about 500 seeing Him and a lot of other people's lives that were changed. And they, they, they went to their death saying, you can kill me for it, but let me tell you what, Jesus Christ, it was the Lord. He is the Lord, and He's risen, and He's in heaven right now. And I saw Him resurrected, and even if you kill me, that's where I'm going. I'm better off being there. Friends, that's really the only proof I need. But millions of people, even people, young people listen to me. For some reason, the world tries to tell us that only dumb people believe in Christ. All you have to do is a little research. And there's a lot of people, a lot of people that were considered, I don't know, intellects. I call them really smart people that the world calls smart. And uh, they came to know Jesus Christ because they, they actually looked at the facts and said, Wow. I don't know how many of you are familiar with, I'm going to throw out some, C.S. Lewis was one. Didn't want to become a Christian. Looked at the facts and he says, I'm telling you, this Christ, His resurrection, real thing, can't turn my back on it. Whole bunch of other people like that. So, presents, since death came through one man, the resurrection of the dead comes also it's also through another man, Christ Jesus. That's how we're going to speak lives into people's hearts. And no, it's, it is to me, and I think to many of you, maybe all of you, it's the most important message we can get out to people. It's to speak life and to speak the resurrection. Tell them about the resurrection. If they say, I don't believe, and they say, oh, it's, it's just impossible, it's good for you to know the facts, that it is, it is possible, and it did happen, and there's tons of evidence to that fact. Not only does the Old Testament testify about it, but the New Testament and all these other resources I had I want to close with this one verse that meant so much to me when I was going through a difficult time. And it's talking about this life. I don't know how many of you know, but the book of Job, some say was written the first book of the Bible. Uh, doesn't really matter to me, but it was, it was written. It's an old book when we found testimony to the fact that it was written a long time ago. I don't believe, you know, Genesis was written by Moses, so... I don't really know that it was written before Moses wrote the Pentateuch, which is the first books of the Old Testament, but it doesn't matter. It's a story most of you are familiar with. And Satan comes before. Real thing. This isn't a, a metaphor. This is real thing. Satan comes before God. And I uh, don't know why God still allows that, but it ain't up to me. But for some reason... and. 
God goes, hey, Job, or hey, Satan, what you been doing? And it wasn't quite this casual, but he says, oh, just going to and fro. And Of course, if we were to go on, causing all kinds of problems. And uh, God goes, hey, have you considered my servant Job? Oh, yeah, I have, but you got a protective hand over him. And he did. And he does us. So if something happens in your life, it's not an accident. There's times when bad things happen to Christian people and God's purpose is in it. And see, that's why I looked at Job. So, so God says to Satan, he says, okay, I want you to go. I'm going to remove my hand. You can do anything you want, but don't kill him. And Satan didn't take very long. Takes all Job's family. I, I just can't even imagine. Takes all Job's family, except his wife. And then he does other things. His wife even says, it got so bad, his wife... Now, let's not be too hard on Job's wife here. I'm not trying to do that. But his wife said, just curse God and die. Because you've done something wrong. His best, his three best friends, remember, they go over and they say, Oh, Job, you've done something wrong here. That's why this is happening. Remember, church family. Things can happen bad and it's not because of your sin. It can be, but not always. It's just in God's will. That happened to Job. And Job, he's like, this just I didn't bring this upon myself and his friends were... They weren't helpful at all. Let's just put it that way. And boy, have I been guilty of that. And if any of you are Christian friends of mine and I've been guilty of that, I ask your forgiveness. Because I've been a, a victim of that before and I know I've, I've, I've done that to other people and I'm ashamed of it. We as Christians can be so hard on one another sometimes and, and we don't mean to be, but there's a spiritual battle going on there. So even his wife said that. He's, so he's all alone and Satan gets him sick and he has these sores all over him. He was taking broken glass or clay and he, he itched so bad he was, he was just taking this and cutting all that. So I'm just trying to give you a picture. He's miserable. But he never curses God. Now, he asked a few questions, we know. And God, instead of giving him the answers says, hey, Job, where were you when I created the earth? Where were you when I created this? He never really answered Job. And that's, that's why I like reading it, because there's so many things God has not answered me on. But yet I know He loves me. I know He has a future for me, even after I take my last breath. And Job did too. And, you know, that's what's so surprising in the New Testament. Did you know Christ was taught in the Old Testament that he was going to be resurrected all over the place? And even Job said this. Listen, Job, after all this that happened, let me tell you, life's miserable for Job. You think you have a miserable life? Uh-uh, uh not compared to Job, probably not. And Job says, I know that my Redeemer lives. Friends, this is before the New Testament. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Job, this righteous man, knew that his Redeemer lives looking forward to what? The cross and Jesus. 
He knew there was a Redeemer coming and that he lives and that he would always live. So Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end, he will stand upon the earth. Talking about the second coming. He will stand upon this earth again. But he's not going to be, friends, he's not going to be a little big baby. He's going to be Lord of lords and King of kings. And he will take control. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. But listen to what else Job says. And after my skin, I'm going to read this, after my skin has been destroyed, it's just, when you bury people you love, it's just really, the hard thing is when you put them in there and you put them in the ground and you, you just can't stand it. Even though we as Christians know that they're not there anymore, their soul and their spirits with the Lord. There's this body that's going in the ground that you touched and you loved so much. But Job knew this truth. After my skin has been destroyed, listen to this. This is the good news. Yet in my flesh I will see God. He's talking about the resurrection. Even though it will be destroyed and may lay there thousands of years, there will be a resurrection and I'll be resurrected and I'll be reunited with my soul and spirit. And in this flesh, this flesh I'll see God. And he goes on and he says, with these very eyes I'll see God. These eyes that need glasses now to see anything. I won't need them no more. You won't need them no more. We won't have no more aches and pains when we get out of bed at 60 and 70 and 80. And you go, what did I do? My, my back hurts so bad I can't move this morning. You know, I never dreamt I'd be talking like that. But seriously, when you get older, all you have to do is wake up in the morning and you got a new pain. I can't wait to the time when that goes away. My daughter asked me the other day, she's on some volleyball league. She said, Dad, and she's just forgetting how old I am, would you come and join me and play volleyball? I'd love to play volleyball. And I said, honey, you just don't realize I literally cannot play volleyball. I can't jump. I can't run. I can barely jog. And then when I do that, the next day I feel like I, get, I tore my knees out. But the good news is we will be in this body with these eyes seeing the Holy Savior, creator of the universe, and worshiping Him. And friends, it's not just going to be us singing around. We're going to be doing things for Him. We're going to be living for Him. We're going to be living in a new heaven, listen, and a new earth that come together. Hallelujah, that's going to be fun. I think there's going to be animals all around us. Nothing's dying. You know, my little dogs that I've just fallen in love with, no more putting them down, putting them to sleep. I can have a little gunner for eternity if I want. That's my dog's name, by the way. But that's such good news, young people. Tell other people about it. Believe it. It should. Actually, if it doesn't make a difference in your life, I don't think you get it. It should make a difference with your decisions. Everything we do, and we have to be reminded of it, but it's true, it's factual. We will be resurrected, some to heaven and some to hell. And we don't want anybody, even if you don't like them, we don't want anybody to go there. You say, don't bring up hell. Well, Jesus brought it up a lot more than me. 
Because he didn't want any single person to go there so much. He suffered and died that we don't have to and was resurrected so that we know we too one day be resurrected and we have the ability to speak that kind of life into other people's lives. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for that truth so much. Lord, you're so good to give us these truths and not only to give them to us, but to impact our hearts and change our hearts in such a way that we truly know that Jesus was resurrected, that we too will one day be resurrected. And Lord, this morning, if there's anyone here that doubts that or doesn't believe in that, I pray that you open their hearts up right now to that truth and allow it to speak eternal life into their hearts and into their lives, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, we all pray and say amen.